This is Will Ford from Football 365, and you're listening to At the Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. What's up, everyone? You're listening to At the Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. This week, we're going to be talking about Thiago Silva, the man we signed from Paris Saint Germain, and how he has impacted Chelsea Football Club. Now, here are your hosts all the way from the UK, Mikey Berth and Chris. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I am your host, Mikey, and today I am joined by uh, a, a writer and just a standard uh, Berth. So, two co-hosts, as always, Berth and Chris, how are we doing today? Well, I think I'm going to have to get myself a different sort of side role in this. I don't want to be standard Berth. That's not good enough from me. So, um, But yeah, other than that, I'm really good, thank you. I might as well pass you over to the main writer of the uh, the podcast, Chris. How are you doing? Thanks, Berth. I appreciate that. And I appreciate it's okay. That. One day, one day, I'll be a better writer than you. One day. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'm okay, though. Um, plenty of sleepless nights with the new one, but other than that, I'm okay. Yeah, we, we, that, that, that's always tough. Lack of sleep is always uh, is a killer. But at the end of the day, it's for a good, good reason. Uh, 18 years of... Hopefully, better sleep ahead, but uh, you never know. You never know. But yeah, that, that that little plug at the beginning. Obviously, Chris is doing some articles. They're, they're worth a, a good read. I've, I've read the Giorgino one, and he's got another one coming up soon. It might already be out by now. I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, they're worth a check, and I'll be retweeting them on the main account. So yeah, check those out. And just With on that, a side note, by the way, on a side, on a side note, I have read the Giorgino one. And I do joke, but it's a very good piece from Chris. Really, it's fan- really detailed. I was quite impressed. Yeah, it's a fantastic read. So anyone that has a spare five, ten minutes, I certainly recommend that you go give it a read. For sure. And yeah. uh, it's, it's well worth it, definitely. Yeah. So Thank you. That's all right. A warm welcome. So with that, let's head into the newsroom and see what the latest is at Stamford Bridge. After back-to-back Premier League wins, Tuchel, he took Chelsea to Sheffield to face the Blades. Jorginho, the hop, skip and a jump is back. And he rolls it beyond Ramsdale to restore Chelsea's lead. Well, the David McGoldrick party was cancelled, not under Thomas Tuchel's watch. That was not going ahead. It ended in a very close 2-1 victory. All the goals coming from Chelsea, Mount, Jorginho and a lovely finish from Rudy going to his own net. Uh, what were your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I think you could argue it's probably our worst performance so far under, under Tuchel. But I think, in a way, it's also probably our most impressive win. And I say that because I think, under Lampard, I think we would have either drew that game or lost it after conceding that own goal. But we showed great character. We showed great ideas and initiative once we conceded that own goal. Before under Lampard, once we conceded, we'd struggle for ideas after that. And I include Lampard in that. He'd always struggle to find out sort of what to do next and the players would be looking at Lampard and not knowing what to do. But, you know, we recovered from it. We won a penalty. We scored the penalty. We closed out the game well. The game management was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's a 2-1 against bottom of the table, but it's an important win. And we showed great character and determination to get it over the line. So it is quite impressive at the same time, even though it was... Watching it was quite poor, really. Yeah, I agree. I think it wasn't our, our best performance. I agree with what you said. I think it was our worst performance under Tuchel so far. I just thought I thought we seemed a bit surprised by the Sheffield United press that they really come out and, and had a go 
And I think we was a bit shocked at that. I think the players was almost expecting them to sit off and let us have the ball. And they didn't really ever give us a moment's peace. So fair play to them. I think people have forgot that Sheffield United are bottom of the table, but they have been on good form. So they wasn't an easy team to play against. But it was just pleasing that after what was a ridiculous home goal, we managed to recover. And the most important thing was just, just getting three points. That's all that, happened, all that matters, really, between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, man of the match from Timo. Deserved. Irrelevant if he didn't score. He's set up the mount. Lovely pass. He's doing really well, actually, to be fair to Werner. He gets a lot of stick because, you know, with that big fee, as always, and being a striker at Chelsea, naturally, hand in hand, you're going to have pressure. But for me, he's contributing. His work rate's there. And... I'm happy to see. Obviously, I want more. I want more from him. I want those goals like he did in Germany. I think they will come. I, I could be saying this for another six months, but I think they will come. He, he, now, back to the defence. Uh, he was at fault for the Sheffield United goal. Of course he was. He was the one who bloody scored it. But Rudiger, he was immense, but for the two mistakes. Those, you know, many have labelled him on social media as um, a prime Poyol-like performance with some crucial blocks and stops. The own goal, and obviously at the end when he jumped for the ball quite weirdly and he, he missed it near the halfway line. Obviously, those are the two mistakes. That's kind of the thing with our centre-backs at the moment and defenders overall, other than Thiago Silva and maybe you'd argue now Azpilicueta. They can look great for 95% of the game, but they always have brain farts in them. I don't know what you think, whether it was prime Poyal or what were the brain farts like, but go on. Let, let, let's not be too harsh, but go on. Defenders, I mean... Tonight. I think with Rudiger and Zuma, they just they're quite clumsy at times. I think Christensen's a bit different. He's a bit more sort of he's very good on the ball, Christensen, but positionally can be found out a bit and sometimes be a bit weak. I think Zuma and Rudiger are much better at that positionally and strength wise, they're much better than Christensen in that sense. But the other two, they're very very clumsy. I think that's the only word to describe them. I mean, it's an horrific own goal. There's no ways about it. It's comical. I mean, when I saw it go in, normally I get quite frustrated and angry when Chelsea uh, concede, but I couldn't help but laugh in a way because that's the only thing I could do because it was so comical. I mean, I don't think anyone could really blame Mendy yet. Yeah, he came out with sort of going no man's land, but Rudiger has to take charge there. Yeah, he can see Mendy coming. Oh, yeah. Mendy, I mean, Rudiger could easily clear it. He can even go past Mendy, then clear it. He can do anything there, Rudiger, except pass it back to Mendy. Having said that, he recovered really, really well. I thought after that, he was absolutely superb. Made two incredible blocks. Um, I think at one point as well, he took quite hard defending from set pieces. He made a sensational header going towards his own goal. He managed to get it out of the box. And it was an incredible header that sort of has gone unnoticed, really, um, through Twitter and, and other uh, social medias over the past week or so. But yeah, he, he played really, really well. And you know what? So did Christensen, actually. I mean... Yeah, I know we conceded against Bunt the Tail, but it's a freak goal. I thought we did defend very, very well, all things considered. I think midfield wasn't as good as it has been, but I think we we did look very, very solid still. Yeah, and for sure, we will mention well, Christensen, unless something dramatic, hopefully it's not too dramatic, but something happens between now and next week. That's what we'll probably be talking about next week is Andreas Christensen, so that's going to be interesting. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts on the defending? Uh, yeah, I... I, I bit like Berth, really. I thought overall we defended really well um, without Thiago Silva. And, you know, a few weeks ago, if you'd said we were putting Christensen and Rudiger out as our centre-back pairing, I think people might not even have watched the game. 
it was that bad at that point. Uh, but I thought both of them had really good games. The the Rudiger own goal is just he made the wrong decision in a split second. He should have just cleared it away. I I do agree with what Berth said about Mendy, but I do think Mendy does have this thing where he does come off his line but doesn't tell anyone that he's coming. If you watch the replay, when he comes off his line, he's not saying a word. And I think that's what confused Rudiger. I think he almost got flustered by the fact that Mendy was coming towards him. Um, no, I, I, I totally agree with that, Chris. Sorry to interrupt. I totally agree with that. I, I've noticed that Mendy, to be an elite keeper, you have to be commanding, you have to communicate. And I've noticed a few times now that, yes, he's a fantastic shot stopper, but he doesn't communicate with his defence. Now, we moaned at Kepa for not commanding at his box. And I think handling and kicking, you know, you could argue that, yes, Mendy is better. But I think communication-wise, I don't think he's as good as Kepa. And I think, you know, if you're looking at an elite keeper, you need someone who can communicate with the back four or back five or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's his decision-making sometimes. I think he's almost mm. second himself when he's coming off his line so he almost doesn't say anything in case it's the wrong decision and I just think in that moment he should have stayed on his line and Rudiger should have just cleared it it was almost a, a two mistakes in one really but aside from that we defended really well I couldn't have asked for much more without our best centre back there yeah I mean when when it came to the Rudiger goal um, it was kind of one of those that it had been suited with the uh, a laughing a laughing backing track and then a bit of a, a comical commentary of oh Antonio it, it was hilariously bad and but then I left the room came back and we were two on up so for me I didn't really experience the pain of being 1-1 again with Sheffield so yeah that was a good thing but overall yeah decent performance great three points which is what is crucial at the moment still not 100% clicking maybe as a team but there's plenty of good signs again and I could have obviously I think we all could have really done back the nervous last 10 minutes but I'm hoping for, for better to come, but we're only four games into the Tuckle era. So I think if we can be patient, the results they're gonna they're gonna come our way. So fingers crossed going forward. Um that's that's pretty much it for our roundup. Obviously you're gonna have FA Cup. We're gonna be watching that in a bit. So we'll we'll talk about that next week with the draw. Hopefully it's not a painful one. You already know the draw, so if it's Man City, ooh, ouch. But we'll see. We'll see. So we'll be back to talk our main topic after this. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back, listeners. Well, it's fair to say that the best bit of summer transfer business we have done is bringing in Thiago Silva on a free from PSG. Our defence need a leader and the 36-year-old with an incredible trophy-laden career was was the missing piece we needed. Suddenly, our defence has looked much stronger since the catastrophe of last season's attempt at keeping the ball out of the net. Uh, what do you think he has, he's brought to the team so far, guys? I think he's brought a sense of calmness, um, a sense of stability. I think I think more than anything, as well, a leader. I think that's what we needed, I, you know, talked so much last year and last season about how Chelsea just lacked that leader and yes, as for the is a fantastic captain but you want that leader like a John Terry who can organise and sort of lead by example and, and Thiago Silva absolutely does that. I mean, you look at the Tottenham game and yeah, he only played like 30, 35 minutes but some of the interceptions he made, how he was on the ball, how he was putting players out and putting them into position and, and this and that and how he's talking and how he's coming to Chelsea and, and sort of played and sort of Conducted himself 
it does remind me of sort of how John Terry used to um, on the pitch. Anyway, um, it's just he's so he's such a great professional. You wouldn't think he's thirty six, mm. and yet this might he might only be at Chelsea for maybe next season. You know, this talk of two years or whatever. But he has brought in so much stability and so much calmness in that defence, and it is what we needed. Yeah, I think he's brought all of those things, the leadership and, and the calmness, as well as his own individual quality. But I think the main, one of the main things he's brought in is he's almost raised the bar for what's acceptable now. And I think um, we said it in the summer about our defenders was almost happy to defend well for 80 minutes and then have a mad 10 minutes and concede three. But they defended well for 80 minutes, so that was acceptable. I think he's brought, he's raised that bar now where he seems the character, the sort of character who wouldn't accept defending well for 94 minutes even and then making a mistake in the last minute. Yeah. I think he's brought in that. He makes sure that everyone does their job from the first whistle to the last whistle. And I think that's why you've seen an improvement in Rudiger, Christensen, Zuma, because they're watching, they're with him every day as well in training, where I imagine he's the same as well there. I mean, he did make a mistake on his debut, which led to a goal. But since then, he's been pretty, almost flawless. I mean, it's obviously a shame with the injury. One thing I do definitely think before I say why I think what he's brought, that voice, just that leadership voice, we, we didn't really have one since the Czech, John Terry, Lampard, Drogba era kind of ended, that spine of the team. There was no real strong, powerful leadership voice. I mean, I, I don't even know where it come from. Was it Hazard, maybe? Not really. Longer serving players, you could say. Willian, most likely not. Maybe Aspilicueta, but for me, I don't think it was that strong enough of leadership. There's a, I don't know, that's how I sort of see it. And I feel that that voice he's now brought is absolutely, it, it's just phenomenal how it can lift a team. And as Chris just said, everyone's game steps up a mark because they know they've got to match his level. And he's got a ridiculous ability across, obviously, a variety of departments. And he has that, obviously, defensive experience from being at the top of the game for such a long period. I mean, he can read a forwards movement perfectly, which makes up for his, obviously, lack of pace due to his age. But age truly is a number when it comes to Thiago. You know, Frank Lampard said after the 3-0 win over West Ham earlier this season, he remembers being of a similar age to Thiago Silva, and he couldn't play in week out then. We, I mean, we all remember how much of a pro Frank was too. So that's, that's high praise, wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, massively. I mean, you couldn't get much higher praise than that, really, could you? It's, yeah, I think you see I think you're seeing that with with older players now. Though I think these these top professionals now they're looking after themselves, and the sort of sports science has moved on so much that you know Ronaldo's the same. He he looks after himself so much, and you know Thiago. I've seen that article the other day about he's got some machine that now Jorginho wants that keeps him fit, and it's all those little things that it's just that professionalism. Why at 36 his level is still so high. Yeah, I, I think we do also have to state that the voice that I keep mentioning, that is, it's so crucial, isn't it? As simple as that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think... Come on, Chris. Like, I mean, I think players like Rudiger, they have a voice in the dressing room. But with Thiago, it, it, it always helps. If It's easier to be a leader if you're, if you're playing well, and mm. he is. So it always has more impact if you're a player who's playing well and who is respected. I think you have leaders who... They can shout and bark orders, like Berth just said about Kepa, really. I mean, he is quite yeah. loud on the but his performances are so far below the expectation 
that almost people will brush off what he says and not take on board anything he says anyway. And I think that with Thiago, his, his level's so high and he's so well-respected that when he when he says something to you, you, you would take that on board and listen. I think, I think with Thiago as well, I mean, when you're looking at players like, say, Mason Mount, Hudson Odoi, Reese James, when they look at someone like Thiago Silva, who's so well respected and always been classed as an elite centre back, one of the world's best centre backs of the past, what, 10 years or so? Maybe even more. They will instantly want to play better, almost to, show, like, to prove that they are, they deserve to be alongside the Thiago Silva. And Thiago Silva doesn't have to say anything, that they will already know that when he's coming into the club. So their levels, their focus, their drive will immediately go up more, which will enhance their performances. And yeah. you look at Mason Mount this season, he has been one of our best players, if not our best player. Season so far, for sure. Mason now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's all down to Thiago Silva, but when these younger players see someone like a Thiago Silva coming to a football club, they will want to impress him. And I have no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the mentality as well of Thiago Silva, it's a huge weapon in his arsenal. I mean, not many players of his age would think to take on a hard challenge, move to another country, a new league, etc. I mean, they'd often prefer to maybe slow the pace down, maybe head to the MLS, Qatar or China and play out their careers there. I certainly would love to if I had the option to go to the MLS. I would. America, the big dream. Well, hopefully. I, I would I would definitely take the opportunity, but that's not what Thiago Silva's about. You know, he likes the challenge and the test. And he has even said he wants to play in the 2022 Qatar World Cup for Brazil. How, how do you feel that mentality has also rubbed up on the team so far? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just that drive just rubs off onto the players. You know, like like I said, like the younger players will, will thrive off a Thiago Silva in your team. You know, even having Lampard as a manager, like Lampard coming into a club like that, into Chelsea, those younger players will want to impress him straight away because of who he is. And Thiago Silva is exactly the same. Everyone around him will want to improve because he is Thiago Silva and he's one of the world's best. And they want to prove that they belong with the world's best. And, you know, players like Mount has improved the season. Rich James improved the season. Hudson Odoi has become phenomenal the past three, four, five weeks. So, you know, his elite mentality will only make players around him become better. I mean, you look at the transformation of Kurt Zuma this year. Kurt Zuma now, Kurt Zuma now looks so comfortable on the ball. I used to worry when Zuma had the ball at his feet, but now, yes, he still looks kind of awkward, but you don't think he's going to make a mistake. I mean, he's scoring goal after goal, Zuma. You know, we're so good now from set pieces and stuff like that, that that can only be from Thiago Silva. I mean, you can put it down to tactically we're better from corners, but I think most of it is because we've got a commanding centre-back who can uh, conduct his players around him to be in the right place at the right time. And you can show from the stats that it's it's working, and that that is pretty much down to Thiago Silva, I find. Yeah, I've wrote it down here that Kurt Zuma has been the standout star this season next to him. And obviously when he's played alongside Silva, that game has stepped up. And I feel one thing we would criticise Zuma for is he never truly looked composed on the ball. Yet now, alongside Thiago, he, he truly does have that new level of calmness and level-headed approach. I don't know whether you, you'd agree with that point. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely agree with that, uh, that point. I don't know if Chris would agree with it. Yeah, I would. And I think it helps. I think, I mean, I think anyone who's, who's played football at any level, I think it boils down to the fact that if you trust the person you're playing next to, it does give you more freedom and calmness on the ball. And I think that's what it looks like with Zuma. I think he's not afraid to make mistakes on the ball now because he almost thinks, if, if, I, if I make a mistake here, Thiago will bail me out. And I think 
Rudiger, Christensen, Zuma, when those when those three play together in any partnership, they almost don't look like they trust each other in the same way that they can afford to make those mistakes and their, their partner will bail them out. And they've been proved right, really. I mean, most of the times we've played those sort of centre-back parents. If one of them's made a mistake, it has led to a goal. So I do think playing next to someone who you rate so highly, it does elevate your game because you just relax a lot more. And I think that's what's happened with Zuma this year. Yeah, that, that's key. Mm. Uh, throughout the history of football, I mean, there have been there have been those icons, you know, those leaders, the ones who they stand out and not just play a, a good game, but lead lead a team to greatness. You know, standards are set, they're raised and expected to be lived up to. You know, one hundred percent commitment, nothing less will do. Berth touched on this earlier, but Thiago Silva certainly brings that. Hundred percent, he brings that. You see how vocal he is when he's on the pitch. Again, something I brought up earlier myself. Would you say that that has been a key reason as to why the whole team have improved defensively as well this season? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, it, look, we, we seem to forget that Thiago Silva was at AC Milan and we all know how good of centre-backs and defenders AC Milan have produced over the years. And when you're learning from players like Maldini and Nesta, you know, Costa players like that, you know, Thiago Silva would absolutely be destined for greatness, really. And throughout his career, he's you know, obviously went to PSG. Fantastic there. Incredible player there. Legend for them there. He's come to Chelsea and you think maybe he's past it. But the mentality he's had throughout his years. I mean, Maldini, he went throughout his 30s. And I think, when did Maldini retire? Maybe 35, 36. But they've got this elite mentality, these elite centre-backs that just they want to defend for as long as possible. And Thiago Silva has brought that to Chelsea. You know, he wants to defend. He wants to make sure the team doesn't score, uh, the other team doesn't score as many goals as possible. You know, and he's made Zuma much, much better. The shape of our defence now is so much better. Last year, it was all over the place at times. It really, really was. Whether we played Zuma, Rudiger, Christensen, Aspilicueta, Alonso, Emerson, the line was all over the place. We was all over the place. It was getting counter-attacked and conceded stupid goals from corners. It was all over the place. And now, he has brought that stability back to Chelsea, like it used to be under John Terry. Yeah. I've never seen a player... I mean, I really have never seen a player read the game so well as John Terry or Thiago Silva. They're, n- they're not the quickest of players, but Thiago is incredible at reading where the ball is going to be. And when you're Zuma looking at Thiago Silva, it just that will rub off onto you. Zuma now reads the game really, really well. How many rash tackles has he made this season, Kurt Zuma? I can't think of many. Yeah, that's and, a fair point. I mean, Thiago Silva has definitely influenced that defence and made them so much better, especially compared to last year, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Milan signed Thiago Silva for €10 million Euros from Fluminense in 2009, and it was the the season he came in, Maldini had just retired. So, okay. you could almost, yeah, so you could say it was almost like he was going to be the replacement. He was, actually, mm. because their starting lineup was Thiago Silva and Nesta. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he replaced Maldini, you know, big shoes to fill. And he had he had some legends in that side that he'd just come into. I mean, you've still got Dida there. You've still got Gattuso, Inzaghi, Seydorf. And then you've obviously got World Cup winners in Zambrotta. And then, again, you've got Ronaldinho, who's there as well. And David Beckham, he came in on loan from Galaxy that season. So he's had huge, huge icons he's played alongside and worked with. And it's obviously, it's helped his game. And obviously, the next season that he, he was at Milan, that first season finished in third place. The next season, they won the title. They won the Serie A title. So, clearly, you know, he's, he's yeah, he's been incredible. And, again, 
that voice. It's helped everyone step up because of, you know, they. I think it's respect as well as they want to elevate the game. And he's going to have a lot of knowledge that he can sort of pass down. As, you know, you've seen like the older generation of players, the Drogba's pass on their knowledge, Zlatan, you'd assume Ronaldo does similar at Juventus and that sort of thing. Um, what, do you, what do you feel on it all, Chris? I think one of the biggest compliments I could give to Thiago Silva from what I've seen so far is he's almost like a snooker player. He's, he's always thinking <laughs> two, two passes ahead of the person on the ball. And I think that's why we've improved so much defensively because when teams are building attacks, he almost knows what hole they're trying to get to. Three or four passes before they're going to try and get there. So he knows yeah. where to position people. He knows where to tell Zuma to stand. He knows when to tell Reese James or whoever's at right back to, to push on or to tuck in or to stay wide. And I think that's been the biggest difference this year. Every time I see us defending now, you can always see him pointing at someone, putting him in a position, not for the what the person on the ball is doing now, but for what they're going to do in one or two passes time. And I think that's that's what these elite level centre backs do. You know, Maldini was one of the best at it. You know, Maldini he's famous for that quote of if I have to go to ground I've already made a mistake. <laughs> Yeah, he he believed that if you ever have to make a slide tackle, you've made a mistake in the first place because you're not stood in the right position. You know, John Terry was the same. You rarely seen John Terry go to ground because he positioned himself in the right place. And Thiago Silva's the same. He knows how to get people in front and around him, three or four passes ahead of the team on the ball. Mm. I tell you, I tell you what, yeah, I've like noticed that. about I like that comparison. I really do. Go on, go on, Beth. So I tell you what is incredible. I mean, I've got to start about John Terry as well, which I think is incredible. But Thiago Silva. I can't think of many fouls that he's actually conceded this year off the top of my head. I mean, there's going to be a few, but I can't think of any major fouls or any real major bookings that he's given away this year. Now, for me, that shows that he's doing something right. And I think Zuma's the same as well. They read the game at the minute so brilliantly. And I think Zuma-Tiago Silva partnership is, was working really, really well. I know, obviously, in the Lampard, you know, it ended a bit sour, but... I think that, that partnership was working really well and growing really, really well. I mean, compared Thiago Silva to John Terry, I think in the 14-15 season where Terry won the league under Mourinho, I think John Terry only conceded 11 fouls that season. Wow. Now, now that is an incredible stat. And I, I'm getting the same vibes from Thiago Silva. Yes, they haven't got the pace. Yes, they're getting on a bit. But that elite mentality never changes. They want to defend. They'll make sure players around them defend. And they will not let the opposition score. They'll make. They'll do everything they possibly can to stop them. I mean, and when you've got that yeah. mentality, I mean, I, I don't think. I think that's sort of going in the modern era of centre backs. I really do feel that it's almost play the ball first and then think about defending. But players like uh, men, uh, Silva and Terry and Maldini and players like that, I almost see it with Ruben Diaz in a way. Um, they just want to defend and win the game and not concede. And you just can't teach that. Yeah, I mean, in his career, he's obviously he's played at the time of recording uh, 535 games in his club career, and he's been sent off four times and had 50 bookings. Now, he never got a red at Milan. He's not had a red so far, thankfully for us. Three of those came at, in Brazil with Fluminense, and one came at PSG. So it's maybe he's, he's he's very. You can tell by the amount of cards he's had that um, he's either not very popular on a birthday or a Christmas. <laughs> But, um, but you know, he's disciplined. He knows the right moment and he knows how to time stuff. And I think that is key to his, his game and probably his, his intelligence. It, it's as simple as that. 
do you think now he's reunited under Thomas Tuchel that he can help deliver silverware to the bridge in the remainder of this season and most likely his swan song season next year in 21-22? Um, I mean, I think so. I think I think we need another centre-back around him. If we're going to go with this three at the back formation, I think him in that central position is perfect. Especially with his age, I think it is perfect. I think we need another world-class centre-back next to him. But I think if we're going to win... I mean, we could win the FA Cup this year. I mean, we've got a great chance to do it. Champions League, maybe not. I mean, I'd love to, but I don't think we're going to. Premier League's gone, I think, unfortunately. But, you know, I think to win that Premier League or Champions League, I think we need another elite centre-back next to him. I'm not taking away Thiago Silva and what he's done this season. I think he's been a fantastic signing, one of the best we've had in a long time. But there's only so much he can do. And I think, I think to get to that next level, we do need an elite centre-back and possibly an even better keeper, I find, to just get to that next level. Chris? Yeah. I agree with Berth. I think, could Thiago Silva take us to silverware by himself? No. I think with the right structure around him, I think it boils down to the fact where, I think if we was to go and win the league next year, you can almost guarantee at the end of it, Thiago Silva would be in team of the season. I think that's... Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a shout. Yeah. Can't, I can't I think, argue with that. No, you're right. Yeah, if we was going to win the league, he would be a major part of it. We wouldn't win the league with him having a bad season, I don't think. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, obviously, we haven't had the FA Cup game, so we might be we might be through. I mean, obviously, that's going to be a tough competition with the last eight remaining teams. If we get through and beat Barnsley, fingers crossed, we have. You know, you've then got Bournemouth United, Sheffield United, Saints, Everton, City and Leicester. Now, yeah, you never know how the draw is gonna gonna do, do do you well, do you do you poorly. I, I think next season is going to be the big one because then Tuchel's been able to bring in his signings this coming summer. We're in a strong financial position, thankfully, but there's going to be a lot of outgoings, and that's going to also change the dynamic of the team. You'd like to think that the signings that we've picked up this season, like your Havertz, your Werners, hopefully we're going to have a pre-season again. That that's that's down to pandemic reason relations so we don't know how that's going to play unfortunately it, next season i feel that that's going to be when we've got the strongest chance of silverware this season perhaps not i'm in a cup yeah realistically yeah but maybe not i think the league is probably going to be manchester cities unless something uh, dramatic happens and they start conceding tons so that that's pretty much how i conclude on that but, mm. but but with that, I, I feel that that's brought uh, another episode to uh, a nice conclusion. So, naturally, it's the uh, the social media plug. Where can we find you both? Um, Chris, would you like to go first? And is your now a writer? Journalist. Thanks. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> journalist, Chris. Sorry, sorry, journalist. Yeah, so, yeah I'll, I'll forgive you this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Twitter, I'm at Chris09Adams. And on Twitter, I'm at Chris Burford. And of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as that red-haired dude. Uh, I got another shout on the Totally Football Show today. That was nice. I was like, yeah, got my question. <laughs> um, and obviously, you can find all things at the Bridge Pod by looking for exactly that at the Bridge Pod. You can leave us a like, a follow, keep up to date on all things Chelsea. So, till next time, listeners, that will be us signing off. <laughs>